Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of the Travel Tales podcast with my guest, Rachel Rudwall. Before we get to Rachel, want to remind you, our website is TravelTalesPodcast.com. You can go there and see stories that I've written, stories that some of the guests have written. There's links to the guests' social media, links to our social media, which is, of course, Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. There's links to our Facebook page. There are also links to Stitcher Radio and Apple Podcasts where you can subscribe for free, as always. And I ask you, as always, to please give us a good rating on those formats. And I ask you, as always, to give us a good rating on those platforms or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, because it boosts our presence there and helps more people find the show, and that's a cool thing to do. If you want to write me, TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. Okay, it's been a few years since I've talked to Rachel Rudwall. Her website is rachelromes.com, and I hadn't seen her in a few years because mainly she's uh, very busy. She works a lot because she works very hard, and she's very successful. Uh, she gives speeches. She shoots TV shows. She does a lot of online content. She does TED Talks, all these kind of things, until very recently. Like all of us, her travel has stopped, but unlike all of us, she actually contracted the COVID-19 virus. And it laid her out pretty badly. But luckily, she's doing much better now. Her and her husband, and I wasn't aware of this before I called, they relocated up to Oregon, where his family's from. And so this is a Zoom call we did on April 22nd. I wanted to know how she was doing. We hear so much about the virus and so much misinformation about the virus that I really wanted to speak to someone who had it. So it was great to catch up with Rachel. And if you want to see some great travel content, go to rachelromes.com and follow her on all the platforms. And please take this virus seriously. Wash your hands. Practice social distancing. You could have it and not know it and spread it to a lot of other people. But Rachel can explain it better than I ever could. So here's my chat with Rachel Rudwall. So, Rachel Redwall, rachelromes.com, you have been sidelined, and uh, you announced on, we're recording this right now, I should tell people, this is April, April 22nd. So, you announced, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago, that you had attracted the virus, the COVID. Uh, when did it all happen? And first of all, hello, and how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty darn good. I'm almost fully human again. I'm about six weeks out from the first symptoms. Every day, a little progress. So that's a gift. Um, I like how you, you announced me and then said rachelromes.com. I feel that that is something I should do conversationally. Hi, <laughs> I'm Rachel, rachelromes.com. rachelromes.com. Nice to meet you. Pleasure to connect. Um, <laughs> Look, I get your plugs in early. So how yeah, about that? I'm coming along. I did 
catch the dreaded virus on my travels and right around the time that everyone was going into lockdown, I myself experienced uh, my body going into lockdown. Oh, boy. Um, and it's a journey, I tell you. So this was like mid-March, I guess you would th- say, right? Exactly. So Where were you and what happened? Well, I was first in New York City speaking at a conference, and then I was in South Carolina producing media and doing content for a magazine client. And uh, that was between March 6th and 12th that I was in each of those places. At the beginning of that time frame, the U.S. was still kind of dragging its feet thinking, well, that's someone else's pandemic. That's elsewhere. And by the time that I was coming home, things were beginning to lock down in really big ways. Flights from Europe had been canceled um, by decree. And there was a lot that was changing very rapidly at that time. So I was fortunately already headed home on the 12th because I was wrapping up my assignments. I had made a plan when I landed with my husband to self-isolate from other people, not necessarily from one another, because we thought, you know, I've been on the East Coast, I've been on airplanes, just in case I have brought any germs home, we shouldn't be out and about socially, because the worst thing in my mind was to be the reason that somebody else got sick. So we were like, great, we'll just stay home, do the 14-day thing, and uh, see where we are from there. A couple days after getting home, though, I started to experience what I now recognize as symptoms. I had a headache. I had some body aches, which any traveler who is listening will probably be able to identify as marks of dehydration or post-travel fatigue. I was thinking, oh, yeah, I I did a kayaking shoot, and I had all this gear. There's a chance my shoulders hurt because of that. I'm probably dehydrated because I was on airplanes. Uh, So I was rationalizing it and figuring, I'll just uh, take it easy. I'll I'll go about my day doing yard work and stuff like that. (laughs) Um, And a few days later, it became clear that that was not what I was experiencing. The symptoms continued to worsen. And um, my husband and I started, started having conversations about what next steps might be. Did you uh, have that high temperature that they talk about? I did. So in case you were curious, my normal body temperature is... I'm curious. Am (laughs) I? I I could hear you asking in your mind. Finally, you got to it. I know. It's been been years you've been wondering. (laughs) My basal body temperature is not 98.6. I run a cool 98. And... So uh, I only point that out for context. I ran a 102 degree fever for seven days. And to be four degrees above your body's comfortable state is a really bad experience for no matter the duration of time. But there are so many resources that your body throws at fighting something like an unfamiliar virus. And Um, It takes just tons and tons of strength and energy to have a fever like that. And there are all sorts of things that come with it. Fevers, chills, night sweats, fever dreams, a whole glorious list of um, side effects that probably people who've had the flu or had any other types of fever would be familiar with. So you get the chills. Um, Are you throwing up or is it the other, uh, other direction? 
other direction. Gotcha. Unfortunately, I wasn't throwing up. So I guess that's a blessing. That's one thing that wasn't experienced. However, I also lost my appetite. So I wasn't really eating. You might think this is funny. I, um, so I lost my appetite and I'm really grateful that I was with my husband because he basically kept me alive at this point. He was bringing me Gatorade and tea and miso, anything that could help me stay hydrated. But I just really did not want food. I was too tired. It didn't sound good. I couldn't eat until I started binge watching Great British Baking Show. (laughs) And I will tell you, I was like, Todd, I could eat some cake. (laughs) (laughs) I need scones all of a sudden. Yeah. So cake was the only thing that I managed to eat. I would have (laughs) a slice so slowly, so slowly, but I think it it kept me alive. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So is your husband okay? My husband did not show any symptoms. So miraculously enough, even though I had bad symptoms for about two weeks and I was approved for the COVID test at the local urgent care, all of that, he didn't develop symptoms, which was such a gift because we really didn't know how we were going to take care of ourselves if both of us were as sick as I was. I, I couldn't even stand up or sit up or, and I was coughing to an extreme and there was no way that if we were both sick at the same time, it would have been easy to take care of ourselves. Um, I don't know if you've heard much about this, but there is a, a fairly high um, chance of people contracting COVID and not showing symptoms. There's a really large number of people who get the virus right. that you wouldn't, you wouldn't know had it. And we feel that there's probably a high likelihood that Todd got it and he just didn't develop symptoms for whatever reason. Um, We're the same age. We're in the same general health. We both work out five, six days a week. We're not immunocompromised, but whether it was just, it caught me on a bad day and Todd was good throughout or what, we don't know, but we are both hoping that an antibodies test will be rolled out soon and we'll be able to confirm that both of us had it or, Um, you know, at least one of us had it. So we know, okay, are we both at as high of a risk of contracting it again? Um, We don't know if we can catch it again anytime soon. There's so little research. One of the reasons that it would be great to get the antibodies test though is there is some belief that convalescent plasma, so plasma donations to people who are currently fighting the virus in the ICUs uh, are beneficial. So giving a plasma donation meaning going to the Red Cross, they take my blood, they separate the plasma, they actually pump my blood back in. So I'm not even really tired. And then they give that to somebody who's fighting. Um, And I have registered with the Red Cross and gotten a number of communications saying, we're working on the the antibodies test. We'll let you know as soon as it's approved. And then from there. I've had some friends who've gotten it here. Has it not got up there? My understanding of the antibodies tests is there are any number of potential tests. Some are EU approved. Some have been developed in the United States and um, through some sort of emergency action are being approved faster than normal for rollout. But there are still limited numbers of antibody tests and most of them haven't been approved by the government. So I remember hearing that in California, the government had some antibodies tests say gave them to a thousand people in Los Angeles. They just gave them to a a random cross section of people 
because they were curious to see what percentage of the population already was showing antibodies, whether or not they had been tested for COVID. And it was a fairly high instance. I don't want to misquote, but there was a a fairly high percentage of people, like four to five percent maybe, who were showing antibodies who hadn't thought that they were sick. So that's the kind of thing that Uh, when it's rolled out nationally and also internationally, could help people get back to work. Germany has talked about issuing certificates of quote-unquote immunity if you show antibodies. That's something that I would like to do, one, so that I can just go out and participate in things again, help out in the community, maybe drop groceries off to seniors who live nearby who can't get to the groceries themselves, um, but also then be donating plasma and, and, you know, there are a number of different benefits. Well, how long did it take you to even get tested for COVID? For me, because of where I am in Oregon, it did not take a whole lot to get tested. It just took a really thorough vetting of my symptoms and my travel history. I first, uh, on day three of symptoms, called into a health service called Teladoc, which is a remote health um, website and platform. And I spoke with a doctor about my symptoms and things like that. A couple days later when the symptoms got worse, my husband and I called into the local urgent care, said, here's what's going on here, are the symptoms, here's the travel history. And they said, come in. There's not a line at the drive through testing tent right now. It sounds like you have it. Here's what we're going to do. And they have a very specific protocol that they need to follow to ensure that people who think they have COVID aren't just coming in willy nilly and putting everyone at risk by, you know, touching all the pens and breathing on people. And so different facilities have different protocols, maybe a separate entrance where I went. The protocol was my husband went into the hospital. Uh, He told them I was in the car. He had a mask on and gloves on. So did I. He gave the symptoms. The nurse said, great, go back out to the car. We'll call your wife. They called me, conferred about all the symptoms and the travel history, said, great, sounds like you have it. We're going to have you go through the drive through testing tent. And then there weren't any other cars at this time of day. It was about five in the evening on a Wednesday. And so we drove into the testing tent. The nurses were all in gowns with gloves and face masks and face shields and They did another kind of a third rundown of symptoms, checked my temperature, checked my breathing to see how deep or shallow it was, and then um, called out a doctor. The doctor, when he was asking about travel history, he said, I see here you haven't been to Italy and you haven't been to Wuhan, so my nurses did not note that you were anywhere um, particularly worrisome. And I said, well, I was just in New York. And he was like this one's been to New York. We're going to need a COVID (laughs) test. So he's like, get over here with a COVID test. And they rushed over with the giant six inch swab. And uh, we went from there. There, there are places nationally where they haven't (laughs) had such serious outbreaks where I am is included in that. So they did have tests available. The um, unfortunate scenario that I ended up experiencing is that they somewhere between shipping it out for processing and LabCorp receiving the test on the East Coast. Over the next couple of weeks, the test was lost. So oh, God. I, I did not actually get my results. I got a very embarrassed call from the head of nursing who was incredibly apologetic and said, 
you know, all our notes indicate this, our doctor indicates this. And, and I believe that you had COVID. And unfortunately, we cannot confirm what our diagnosis is because we can't find the test. And unfortunately, this is not the only time we've experienced this. Other tests are going missing. What a system. What a system. I've had so many comments, Mike, on my social media from people, I mean, probably 10 or 15 that I screenshotted, people saying they lost my test too, or this happened to my husband. And <laughs> so it's, it's widespread enough that that's been a common reaction and a common comment. Wow. So I know you've canceled stuff and I've canceled stuff and everybody's canceled things. Do you have any trips left on the books and how far away are they? I do not. Everything is canceled. Everything from work trips to weddings of family members. And I I mean, it's all, it's done. I don't have a sense of when it's going to be okay to travel again. And okay is a very vague word. Okay, meaning when are there going to be flights? When will those flights not just be carrying emergency medical personnel? When will we be feeling more confident that we are not putting others at risk by traveling? When is it going to be right for us to visit the destinations that we had planned on visiting? Um, Do they have the infrastructure that they need to handle potential illness in their communities. So there are a lot of different factors that go into when's it going to be okay to travel? It is so outside of my knowledge. It's so out of my control that I've just canceled everything and I'm doing my best to be patient and know that my job now is not traveling. My job is staying home. Right. What do you think when you see these yahoos out there protesting and wanting to open everything up immediately? I can't help but think a lot of them are going to get sick and realize that they were misinformed. I was going to say wrong. Wrong is is true too, but misinformed is a major part of it. There are people on news outlets and there are people in our government saying this isn't a big deal. And anybody who's feeling the pinch financially, who is worried about feeding their children or making their mortgage payments or making the truck payment. That was one I was reading about in the news today. A guy couldn't make his truck payments. And it's understandable that we're all really stressed about finances. All of my jobs have gone away. Mine too. You know, I get it. But also, I think they've been terribly misinformed and a lot of them are going to get sick and it's going to be devastating when they do to either them or their families or their communities. I know it's a weird thing, but on the other hand, you did just move. So staying in and uh, getting a new house together, this might be the perfect time. You are not wrong. So I just moved (laughs) California to Oregon. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm going to be moving into my house in early May and it's so strange. I was fully anticipating finding a new place to live in a new city and then having to leave right away and going, sorry, husband, I hope you make friends. I hope you have a great time here. We'll, we'll organize in between travels and things like that. And now we have no excuse but to stay in, get to know the space, get to know the backyard. Maybe yeah. our, our first purchase will be a grill to go with our camp chairs. <laughs> And nest and figure out what we want home to feel like. What will you miss most this year if you don't travel the rest of the year? 
what I would miss most is the really beautiful charges of endorphins I get from something new, a new conversation, a new relationship, a new experience or food or landscape that makes me feel tingly and alive. And I am doing everything I can to be conscious about creating those opportunities from where I am instead. I am letting myself go into my kid brain, which when I was little, I mean, my dad tells a story of how when I was three, uh, we moved to a new house and I ran up the driveway and I was like, look, daddy. And I held out my hands and exclaimed, sticks. Just <laughs> easily amused. It's the I'm, simple pleasures, really. It is. So I'm trying to tap into that look, sticks, sticks brain. Rocks. That, yeah, that knows it's really fascinating to be a part of this world, even if we don't have the opportunity to travel outside of where we are. There are still cool bugs and flowers <laughs> and trees. And um, I want to live in that space and try to encourage other people to do the same. Give yourself permission to simplify. Go to kid brain. Do whatever little kid you like doing. Was it dancing? <laughs> Was it eating snacks? Live a little. I anticipate for the next year hearing a lot or reading a lot of uh, Rachel Rome's Oregon posts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Rachel doesn't roam.com. Yeah. What corner of Oregon will we be going this week? <laughs> Well, there's a lot. You're lucky you picked a, a, a beautiful state. Yeah, it does help to look out the window and see so much green. I mean, there's plenty of rain, but it also means that when it's not raining, it's lush. And so I am grateful. It reminds me of where I grew up in Ohio. Just looking out the window and seeing trees feels really helpful to my sanity right now. And I know that people in the cities don't have that same opportunity but whatever that space is that gives you a sense of home, like for me, it's nature because I grew up in Ohio. For you, it might be different. Someone else I know from New York City said all she wants is to feel connected to that densely packed population. And, and there are ways if you're a, a part of a city to maybe hang out, looking outside the window and, and seeing how people are utilizing their time. Have you bought more plaid? Yeah, has that happened yet? My husband has loved me in plaid for years. <laughs> it's flannel. It it's is, flannel country up there. It is flannel country. He's from here. He was always like, I love that plaid on you. And I'm like, <laughs> it's boxy. I look like a lumberjack. And I think deep down, he's like, that correct. Yes, we love it. So I haven't bought more so much as been waiting to break them out. Yeah, a lot of coffee. I see a lot of coffee and micro breweries happening in your future. Yeah, I'm not really mad about any of that, to be honest. <laughs> me either. Oh, Sounds pretty I gotta good. I got to tell you what, this is going to make me sound like I'm a retiree, which given that I don't have work, I kind of... Hey, we, you know. we all might be. Yeah. Um, I have never been so excited in my life about soup, soups, soups, <laughs> being, being in a climate that is cooler, that has rain, that has weather, and it's kind of stormy, and you want to be cozy. Soups are a thrill. And you know what? Never did I eat a soup in Los Angeles. Not really. There were a lot of lettuces here. Soup. <laughs> I, never, I never made soup. And now I just made some last night. You did? So I you did. Understand. What a thrill. It was. It was. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm on board now. I'm going to start experimenting yep. just as it turns uh, 90 degrees here. 
Right. <laughs> Perfect. Time. Oh. Maybe that'll be my new venture, rachelsoups.com, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> as, as a verb. <laughs> oh, God. I know you've been asked this by other people, but what do you think uh, the travel space and industry and Instagramming and uh, influencing and all that is headed? I think there are going to be a lot of things that change dramatically because they have to. There are going to be airlines that close and hotels that close and small businesses that close that includes anybody who works in content creation or has influencer on their bio or whatever. There are going to be a lot of people who can't sustain the time between now and when we're able to get on the move again. And I think that the businesses and the individuals who do come out the, the other side doing what they were doing before will have innovated and will have really pushed to find inspiration. There are people whose work I'm following online. They're just getting super creative. And it's okay, too, for anybody else who comes out the other side going, honestly, that doesn't really inspire me anymore. I didn't want to sit in lockdown and come up with ways to be more creative or keep the business going. I actually found out that I wanted to do something different. Right. And maybe that's not such a bad thing. No, no, it's kind of a, a separating the wheat from the chaff. We all do that in our own lives from time to time. And this strange pause in the world is an invitation for people to explore the thoughts and drives and wants that they have without the same external influences telling them who they're supposed to be or the same projections that they have in their own mind that maybe they've formed about themselves, about what they're supposed to do with their lives. What kind of uh, regimen health-wise do they have you doing? And are you on some kind of uh, a drug cocktail that they've given you or antibiotics? I guess they don't work for viruses. They don't. You're right. So fair question. You can't take antibiotics for a virus. Um, the, The thing you do for a virus is you ride it out. That's all that is available. So when I left that testing tent after getting the COVID test, I had instructions, but no prescriptions, no regimen other than rest, hydrate, rest, hydrate. I could take acetaminophen for the days where the body aches were really severe. I could if I wanted to lower the temperature that I was having ever so slightly, but Other than rest and hydration, there's not much more that you can do other than try to practice patience. One of the things I will say that has helped me in this experience and also through other things like surgery, I had a really intensive shoulder surgery a couple years ago, and it took a full year of physical therapy and rehab and stuff to get back to normal. And I'm used to being out there doing and and being active and roaming roaming. And and also (laughs) I totally take for granted that I had like a working arm for all those years. Health, you never know. You never know. So here's something that helped me through that. And that I've done my best to remember through this process. I have been thanking my body, thanking it for all it's doing. It's not a medicine, but it sure helps the mindset to go, whoa, my body is fighting so hard right now. This is a virus that humanity has never experienced and my body is battling it 
back. <laughs> That's so cool. So thanking my body and being like, I know you're working really hard right now and I'm going to do everything I can to save resources and make it easy. I'm not going to get off the couch because it feels too tiring and I acknowledge that that's something I should listen to. Maybe I shouldn't expend energy. I just want to give my body all the resources I can. So are you that person when if you leave the house, is it all um, gloves, mask, the whole nine? Well, Yes, if we have had to make grocery runs or anything like that um, in recent weeks. But where we currently are before we move into our place in Portland is we're kind of out in the country. And so we are not on a densely populated lane for the next couple weeks. So we can go out strolling and there's no one within a reasonable distance for us to cough on. <laughs> so, yeah. so we just stroll fairly freely. Um, but yeah, when we're going into the, to the grocery stores or I had to go to a bank, absolutely gloved up face masked up, sanitizer on <laughs> my own pen so that I don't have to touch someone else's. Do you have a circle of like family that you all ca you can still go see in person or is it all just, nope, everybody keep away? Everybody is keeping away because one, it is recommended by the CDC, but two, because we're in different places. So Todd's family is from Oregon, but they are actually out of state right now. They went to California for a visit and then the lockdown happened. And so Todd's parents can't come back to Oregon right now. Um, it's an they can't fly? Can they, could they even drive? I mean, I don't even know how that... And when you say they were not allowed, I mean, they could come Things home. Could Things are locked down such they don't, they don't actually feel like they can leave right now because it's non-essential. It would be considered non-essential travel, but they're also of the at-risk age range. So I think yeah. that they don't have a particularly difficult time accepting that they should just stay in. So they're staying put and waiting to see when they should drive north. And um, so people are removed right now family-wise, but there's been a lot of FaceTiming and a lot of Zoom calls and uh, Nana, Nana, at, Nana. 92, at 92, we were on the FaceTime. It's a treat. She's in <laughs> Ohio. I could see at least half of the time I could see more than just her forehead, which means oh, she's my God. good at it. Good for her. I know, right? My mom can't figure it out. I have to call her on her landline. Yep. <laughs> yep. And I usually call Nana on the landline, but I was like, Nana, we're going to be in quarantine for a while and I'm taking great offense that you don't want to see me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Oh man. God bless her. 92. I know. I love her, her willingness to try new things. I think that's what keeps her so sprightly. She has a great sense of humor about it. I mean, she prior to lockdown, said that she would never FaceTime, not because she's a technophobe, but because she says when she looks at herself in the phone, she sees that she looks exactly how old she is. And <laughs> that's not something she wants. Right. So the, the beauty is that she was willing to forego that consideration um, after my encouragement and my telling her it was fine, I wasn't going to wash my hair for days anyway. <laughs> yeah. And you still didn't want to do video with me. <laughs> I 
I really needed a day off. I've been <laughs> so tired out by all this human interaction. I have appreciated it. It brings life and light into my day, but also I am still in recovery mode. I'm still really wiped out sometimes energetically. And so I just had to call an audible today and say, I think I just need to talk with voices and nope i want to see i want to see my red wall with uh roots uh showing oh, I, do ha I have them they're there <laughs> i have them it's um i was talking with a friend and i was like i don't know is it kind of a dishwater blonde it's you know that dark <laughs> that dark blonde and she's like i don't know i would call it like old banana <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one so that's my natural color is old banana blonde. old banana <laughs> that's funny yeah, it was it somebody tweeted? It was like, boy, we're gonna now we're gonna see a lot of women's real hair color, right? You know whose real <laughs> hair color you won't see? Nana. 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 Yeah, that's right. Nana colored her own hair the other day. I was like, damn, girl, <laughs> who are you going to see? <laughs> it's amazing. That's great. Yep. That's great. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. Thank you. I am too. I feel well, really thankful. I don't know when I'm gonna see you again with all this uh, going on now. But chances are, given how often we were traveling anyway when we were in LA, we'll probably just see each other with the same gaps in time as usual. <laughs> I know. Like once it was, a year. <laughs> yeah, it was always like the occasional like travel massive event or uh, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, and you're welcome to come up and say hi anytime uh, if you're well, looking for more beer, coffee, and soups. Well, I love that area, and there's great restaurants. I hope yeah. a lot of them stay open. I was so excited to go to all the new restaurants upon moving to Portland, so... I'm crossing my fingers that they can keep going so that I can come in and support them and, and eat all the things. There's like a Vietnamese place with amazing wings. Pop Pop. That's it. I've heard. Oh, I've heard. Haven't been. Oh, it's, so it's, delicious. It sounds legendary at this point. I'm really excited too about a place called Kachka, which is Eastern European. It's Russian fare. People love the food. They have vodka flights to go with it. it it's like home style Eastern European and people just rave about it. All right. And then there's those food trucks all around yeah. the park downtown. Yep. Not even mad about those. No, you're going to enjoy no. it. Now you can plug whatever you want to plug. I would like to plug people giving themselves permission to feel and explore what they want to each day. Some days it might be that they feel bummed and other days they might feel joyful in a way that they think doesn't really make sense given the context of pandemic and you're allowed to feel it. Do, <laughs> do what feels joyful to you right now. Um, as long as it's not causing other people harm, I, I'll put that caveat in there. But, um, you know, eat the cake, read the book, watch the show, keep the PJ pants on if you want, work on your abs if you want, but don't <laughs> if you don't, right? Do what makes you happy. That's what I want to plug. That's great. Because I know a lot of people have a lot, they're feeling a lot of pressure. Uh, yeah. You know, they feel like, oh, I got to write that book. I got to oh. do that. Uh, because the world yeah. needs another podcast, let me tell yeah. you. You know, um, and just I like, love languages. I'm not learning a new language. I love books. <laughs> I'm not writing one. Like I, I, you know, you don't have to do unless it feels really good to you. And then do it. Follow that inspiration train. But if you're not feeling inspired and you just want to cocoon, that's cool too. Yeah, this is unprecedented. This is a big deal and it's stressful. You know, it's yep. okay to be, you know, yep. escape a little bit. You know, yep. Don't drink yourself to death, but you know what I mean? Keep yourself reasonably healthy. But um, well, I'm glad you're, you're doing better and I'm uh, glad you could do this. Now I'm wondering when I'm going to be able to do another face-to-face -face one at all. 
I believe in you. I mean, it just depends. It, do them sooner if you're worried that ladies are going to not want grow out showing on the screen. But <laughs> you can still do them virtually. I can. No, I, I mean like in face. person. I oh. mean like in person. I don't know when that's going to happen again. You that's know? true. You could do. You could do it through like on both sides of a a garden or something. Find a. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Is there like a lawn where you're like you sit on that side? And yeah, you type, you type in different audios. <laughs> Instead of uh, like between two ferns, it'll be six feet apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a great idea. The social distancing show. Welcome. Yeah, yeah, it's face to face ish. <laughs> <laughs> face to far away face. <laughs> yeah, are you over there? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, stay healthy, please. I shall. You do Th- the same. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for sharing your experience. I hope people learn from it because a lot of people still aren't taking it seriously. I hope people learn from it so that they can be good to themselves and good to others. Yes. Well said. Thank you, you. Rachel. And you still uh, rachelromes.com. All right. That's (laughs) rachelromes.com, everyone. All right. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you.